Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you, but um, I say that every show. I uh, wanted to kind of open up by just sharing an article that I thought was really interesting. It aligns with a lot of the things that we talk about here on Loveline. And it was, uh, I'll read you the, the headline, Being Exposed to ready for this toxic relationship memes can warp your romantic outlook i think this is meaningful we all know we are impacted by the influences that we spend time around and who knew i think i did some of us did how harmful some of the uh TikToks, memes instagram posts we read could actually be on our perspective of the future uh, ourselves those around us and that's meaningful think about that if you're constantly reading ones that are focusing on the dark side of what we can do to each other, well, you're priming your brain to expect that, predict that, and seek that versus maybe finding things that really orient you towards a more positive perspective. Now, is that toxic positivity? No, I think it's reality testing that all of that exists. We want to be aware of all of that, but whatever we place our attention on is going to have a, a powerful impact on our mood and our thinking. And we want to be making sure we're placing our attention on some of the positive feel-good things. Um, so this was rooted in a study where participants were shown romantic memes. Ah, yes. Um, and then the romantic beliefs and relationship satisfaction levels were then tested after that exposure. Now we knew that we know such a thing because there is a concept in the field called state dependent learning and also mood dependent behavior, which basically means whatever mood we're in is gonna really dictate how we act and how we see the world. If we're cranky, it's everything's through that lens, but state dependent learning is about whatever state you're in when you are um, internalizing, encoding, or learning new information that is going to possibly be retrieved when in a similar state or more easily accessible. So basically, for the purposes of this study, uh, participants were shown memes that were either number one, uh, really centered around or espousing toxic thinking, um, you know, like jealousy driven. And that's really what they went for. Things that really implied you can't expect trust from others and, you know, really uh, solidifying insecurity. And the other, one, the other one was the opposite. I really focused on and talked about the healthy aspects of relationships and positive qualities. So it was about gratitude and care and all those things. So um, that's what they were shown. And then they looked at, okay, after people are spending time looking at these things, thinking about it, internalizing it, what kind of impact is that going to have? And also remember, neurologically speaking, that we encode negative, negative experiences and negativity far quicker because our brain's job is survival and protection, where positive experiences, we have to savor them. So hear that. That's the takeaway also. 
Whenever we have a negative experience, bam, that is logged in your brain and in your body. Positive experiences, not so much. We have to actually savor them. That's why if you're at a concert, you have to be like, all right, here I am. I'm having fun. There's the artist I love. Or when you're having a positive experience of your friend or a family member, a loved one, really kind of sit in it for a second. Think about it. You have to really kind of build it in. And then basically the uh, outcome of the study was exactly what you expected. Yes, there was an impact, even brief exposure had an impact, but the impact was only on their beliefs. It didn't change the relationship satisfaction. So that's awesome. So even in, um, so again, the small amount had a positive impact. And when we think about how over the course of a day, dun, 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 how much we are bombarded with messaging in songs, in movies, in billboards, meme sharing, we're, we're saturating ourselves in some perspective and it matters. If is it more positive or is it more negative? Also, um, which I think is really interesting, is the research on how the music we tend to choose is very much aligned with our attachment style. So avoidant people tend to be more drawn towards avoidant driven lyrics and songs and people that are more anxious, more drawn towards that. We can talk about that on another show because I think that kind of research is really interesting. So they're basically looking at people's attachment styles versus their playlist and what, what were the themes of those songs. And I thought that was awesome. You know, and that's, that's just, again, another reflection of how the external really mirrors and mimics our internal and they're kind of a, an open system that are always a feedback loop feeding each other. So uh, there's a downside to that because we only have so much control over what we're encountering to some extent, but then there's a positive, which is harness that and say, okay, listen, I want to really be bathing myself in more constructive, um, empowering, uh, positively motivating songs, conversations. And you know how that is. When you're sad, we tend to want to listen to sad music. It kind of reflects where we're at. But then sometimes when you're sad, you say, let me let me spend a little time outside of this. Let me put on something more positive or upbeat so I can let it kind of elevate me out, which is when I've talked on the show about the impact music has. Um, again, it can drop us deeper into something. It can help us, us pull ourselves out because health is about acknowledging how much time am I spending in some of the depression or negativity and do I need some time away from and mental health is about that flexibility and that adaptability, the, the, uh, the skill set of transitioning in and out. So again, we're always trying to live in reality. We're not trying to deny or get rid of or shame negative feelings. They're appropriate, but we're not trying to always live exclusively in them. And we want to have that flexibility. We're not amplifying. We're not denying. We're not catastrophizing. We're just trying to kind of neutralize and swim in that. So I thought that was an interesting study. Not shocking the outcome it had, but it, 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 it reminds us. Maybe that's what it is. It's a reminder to pay attention to that stuff. Anyway, you know me. I geek out on all that kind of stuff. All right, y'all. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be doing some DMs later in the show. So put some DMs in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, stick around. More to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Stick around. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast All right, so we're back, and we're talking about a little bit of a heavier topic. It's how to deal with grief uh, during holiday times, and I think it's an important topic because, you know, it's around the holiday times that we're forced to confront uh, the friends we have or don't have, uh, whether or not we have a place to go that's comfortable for the holidays, uh, people that are with us or no longer with us. There's so much in that. I, I want to talk about, at some point, how to deal with uh, recovery from drugs and alcohol during the holidays. I want to talk about how to deal with body dysmorphia and disordered eating during the holidays, how to deal with homophobic and problematic family members and parents during the holidays. Whoa, that's a lot. No other no other time time frame time period, no other period of time, uh, generates so much meat psychologically. So maybe that's the first point, just like our earlier segment, maybe this is just awareness building first and foremost, before we get to like tips, tricks and tools, but it's just to say, Hey, like go easy on yourself, acknowledge this might be a difficult time. Say to yourself, what might be coming up for me? If you notice you're cranky, short with people around you, a little edgy, a little, you know, whatever it is depressed, say, okay, it might be the holidays. And I want you to sit with yourself and say, what might the holidays be bringing up? It's always about going back to your thinking. What, what story am I telling myself? What thoughts are being brought up? What feelings are emerging? Because there's always a trigger. We don't just randomly feel bad for no reason. We don't just randomly get cranky or depressed or anxious. You always want to say, what is my thinking? Because my mood is tied to my thinking. Our behavior is often driven by our thinking. And um, our thinking is not always appropriate. It's not always reality driven, but less about that and more about the idea. If you're not feeling great, say it might be the holidays and what might come up for me around the holidays. And then you can always have that awareness for each coming year. It's kind of when we talk about like seasonal affective disorder, 
know that you might be one of those people where when the shorter days emerge and it's colder and there's less light, uh, often along with that is less socialization that you tend to get a little depressed. And so we can see it coming so we can prepare for it. We're not thrown off when it happens. And that's maybe what for some of you this topic is. It might be heavy for you during the holidays. Um, so we're going to talk about how to kind of work with that. But again, the first stage of change is always just that awareness and that awareness itself is a massive level of change and movement forward. So that just in and of itself is very meaningful. So, um, you might already be going through grief and loss and then the holidays amplify that or you're not, but they, you know, trigger and bring that up and bring that forward. Um, so maybe this is the first holiday season that you're doing while newly single, while in a new location, while unable to afford or to go home and see friends and family, or maybe it's the first holiday time without someone. And I want to hold space for the difficulty that that can bring. But I also want to hold space for the idea that maybe it doesn't, maybe it isn't brought in. Maybe the holidays are still grounding and still fun. And, and maybe the holidays actually distract you. There is, there is no right way. And a lot of times we imply that there's a length of time that you should mourn and then you need to get over it and all that. That's not real or true. That's socially constructed. That's arbitrary. That's made up in the field. We give everyone, depending on what it is, like things like depression, we're like, you got two weeks. And if it extends beyond that, it's pathological. It's like, well, that's arbitrary. And we do that with grief and loss as well. You got six months and then you got to get over it. That's arbitrary and made up as well. And even when we talk about the stages of grief, that's arbitrary as well. Not everyone's going to go through them. It's not a linear process. And actually that wasn't about people going through loss. That was about people themselves who are facing death. So a lot of misused pop psychological terms. I actually want to do another whole show on that, dismantling all the myths, because there's a lot. And we use them against ourselves and we use them against other people. And we make things harder. We make people feel worse and they don't have to. So that's in there. So again, we're just building awareness that the holidays can be tough for some people. Got it. Might be the first time, more coming. Um, and again, it can sometimes remind us of absence. You're with others that are coupled and you're single and you're reminded of what you don't have or what you don't no longer have. You're hearing friends talk about going to see their families. You're reminded of the family you never had because they're toxic, because um, they, they were transphobic or homophobic or who knows where you are. But uh, we, the holidays, I want us to be soft with ourselves. I even say that for those that don't relate to this topic, I'm like, make it fun. Don't get stressed out about how much money you're spending. Please don't make it about the gifts you're giving. Please don't get hung up on having the perfect table setting and all that. Like focus on just having fun. Like drop the bar for yourself. Drop the bar for everyone around you. Maybe say this year, we're just gonna be a potluck. Instead of me preparing meals, have everyone bring something. Like let's make it easy. Everyone just dress casual. Here's the window it's gonna happen. Come when you want, it's buffet style. Like go easy on yourselves, make it easy on those around you. No one's really in the mood for a tense, stressful, got to bring gifts, got to bring the right gift, got to dress up, got to have the right table setting, got to decorate perfectly. Like we're tired, we're burnt out. And what I want the COVID time to have brought to us is that we're getting back to basics and we're focusing on what really matters. And the holidays should be a time to celebrate or a time to be together or a time to distract and find joy and to see people. It shouldn't be about all the other pieces. So whatever it is that you're relating to in this topic, like soften, we're softening. Um, <clears throat> but again, we're also aware that this might be hard for some people. So the first thing is we're, we're planning. Big fan of planning. Planning can de decrease anxiety and stress. And that really can sometimes mean doing things as we've always done them because that familiarity is anchoring and feels good or the opposite. Maybe we need to do things differently. Um, maybe there are some 
processes, structures, plans, or traditions that we don't want to do this year because we never wanted to, we never enjoyed it, or some of those people aren't there anymore. Um, sometimes it's too sad, it's too triggering. Um, so maybe we go without, maybe we do it anyway and we do it in order to honor that person's absence, or maybe we just completely do something new. Because I'm always a fan of that, doing the holidays, but just doing it differently. Always letting it be different. There is no right way to do it. That's the tagline. There is no right way to do the holidays. Let's just be more honest and authentic. Um, maybe you don't do it in the same location. That can be the necessary change to have a new and different experience or association with the holidays. Sometimes the problem is that we do it the same way and that's the trigger point. And maybe we don't want it to be about grief and loss. Maybe we want to honor that before, after, maybe we want to honor that during. Again, it's up to you, but uh, I'm always about acknowledging those choices that sometimes a different structure or a different game plan can give us a new experience um, in, in a different direction. Okay, we're gonna come back and talk more about grief and loss at the holidays. But again, this applies to those that aren't even struggling with that and just want a different kind of holiday. So stick around for that and they'll be doing some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, so we are back and we're talking about our relationship to holidays, acknowledging that for some people it's going to trigger grief and loss who isn't there or what we can't be a part of because maybe our family is toxic or homophobic or isn't healthy around our disordered eating or our recovery. And we'll talk more about those specific pieces. Um, maybe, you know, it, it brings up a lot of different things for different people, financial struggles, um, inability to be where you want to be, not having what others around you are having. So we're just talking about just having that awareness that sometimes the holidays have an impact on your mood and your mental health. And just that awareness can sometimes be the antidote saying, okay, I, I see this coming, but also we we're talking about planning and that sometimes you bring in new traditions, sometimes you get rid of old traditions because of what they're associated with, because of the pain they cause. Talk about maybe doing it in a different location. Maybe you're staying home where you normally travel. Maybe you're traveling where you normally stayed home. Maybe a different family member or friend is holding the holiday as a way to have a new experience, as a way to maybe honor someone's absence. It's really up to you, but I want to remind people that you have choices. Um, maybe you invite a different crowd. Maybe it's the same crowd. I want everyone to just focus on what is the goal of the holiday. It's not to do it the way we're supposed to do it. It's not about tradition necessarily. It's about where are we at? What do we need? What would feel the best? A mental health centered holiday. Imagine that where it's about joy and fun and social and not about what we're wearing, the kind of meal you prepared, how you decorated the house, the money you spent on gifts. That's form and materialism. And we know from happiness studies, which I've done shows on before, that happiness doesn't come from that. That can give us bursts of joy, which lasts a few minutes, and then we go back down to our normal baseline. But focusing on fun and celebration, that's more sustainable. Those things are always more sustainable experiences. So focus on the experience. What kind of experience do you want to have this holiday? What kind of experience do you want those around you to have this holiday? And, and focus on creating that. And I guess in closing to this piece, just to remind everyone that you get to have whatever experience you have, meaning fill your feelings. Um, don't shame yourself for not being happy at this joyous time. Or don't shame yourself for being happy at this sad time where someone's maybe absent. There's no right way to experience it that complicates everything. So don't shame, don't judge, it is what it is. But again, focus on what experience do I wanna have and what can I do to best create that? Is it about the people, is it about the place, is it about the attitude I bring, is it about what I choose to focus on while there? 
Um, and we'll talk later in the show or at least on another show about maybe setting boundaries about the conversations we have or don't have, um, who we're comfortable sitting with or next to. We'll, we'll talk about that, I think, on another show because I really want to spend this one talking about the grief and loss and just really honoring what the centralized goal is. And that's why I keep saying, even if you're spending it on your own, that that means you can either choose to ignore it and say, I don't want to participate at all, or the opposite. You might say, I'm going to celebrate it on my own. I'm going to still dress in the things that feel good. I'm going to still decorate. I'm going to still listen to the music. Music. It's just going to be different this year. I'm a fan of it being different every year, honoring just where we are culturally, where we are socially, where we are financially. Um, all those things should matter. It can't always be the way it was. Uh, again, a lot of people are having emotional struggles, health struggles, and that financial piece, you know? Um, so then let's talk about another component of this, which is for those that really do want honor who no, who's no longer with us, because Maybe someone is newly gone out of our lives because of a breakup, uh, because of a relocation, because of a death, or maybe they've been gone for a while, but we still want to honor that, that important person to us. There's nothing wrong with taking a moment to do so. I think there can be beauty in that, but there's also beauty in saying that's not what this holiday is going to be about. And we can spend time before or after honoring this person, but we want to focus on something else. Cause again, you get to decide the experience you want to have. Um, and that's why I love when I look at the research of all the different ways people do this. Uh, some of them will prepare the a loved one's dish that they meant that they valued. They might mention their name at the table. They might go around and say a few things about that person. Some people set a place setting for them to still acknowledge their presence in their lives, even though they're not physically here, emotionally and psychologically, they still get to be and are. Um, maybe you donate money to a cause that was important to them in their name. Maybe you light a candle. These are all ways of symbolically saying they're still with us or we want them to be with us today. And this is how we're going to kind of bring them in. Um, some other ones were creating a table centerpiece with their photo. And you have to think about it. Like what impact will this have on our mental health? Maybe you don't want to do that photo because it'll be too distressing. And we want this to be about joy or the opposite. Um, I love this. So again, some people, the place setting, some people gather notes, some people tell stories, um, the table setting. Some people go visit the burial spot after the meal as a group. So many beautiful ways to do that. Watch home videos, share photos, tell stories. Just because people aren't physically there doesn't mean they can't be symbolically through psychology and emotionality. And I think that that's always remember. I think that that's always important to remember about those that are no longer with us. We tend to focus on our senses. If I can't touch them or see them or hear them or smell them, we think then they don't exist or it's not real, but our brains can spend time with people, you know, and that's what I love about it. That's how our memory works for us. But also we've talked about how it can work against us, but that's a positive use. All right, we're going to come back, do some DMS and then we'll get back to uh, tips for surviving the holidays with grief. Um, and again, it's not always grief about a person. It might be due to job loss and financial grief. It might be not living close to family anymore. So grief has a broad definition and we're honoring all of its many different forms. Um, anyway, like I said, we'll come back to do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline and G page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Uh, we are Channel Q. It's where you go for uh, past episodes. Stick around though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I know it's probably a common thing, but I'm having trouble focusing on sex. When I'm with my partner lately, my mind wanders. Happened several times in the last month. Um, that's going to happen. <laughs> There's nothing pathological or problematic about that. Um, I would say maybe either you're not interested in having sex or 
you have a lot on your mind, but don't pathologize that, don't shame that. I would say either just allow it and enjoy the pleasure if and when that occurs, or focus on pleasing your partner. It's okay to let our minds wander and just be more mechanical and focus on providing pleasure for our partners, whether we're receiving or giving. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we are focused on our partners. Sometimes we are focused on ourselves. Sometimes we are often fantasy thinking about others. Oh yes, our minds wander. That is natural. In fact, we can't control that. In fact, we don't need to. It's called being a human. Don't shame that. Let it be. Or if it's happening too often, try to focus on the touch that you're receiving. Slow your partner down. Maybe your partner's not embodied and they're not really focusing or paying attention on providing pleasure. So make sure the sex you're having is sex you want to have. Make sure you are enjoying the sex you're having. Make sure it's going slow. Focus on what's being touched and how it feels. Otherwise, roll with it and enjoy. Next one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm realizing that every time I talk to my best friend, our conversations seem to always bounce back to her started analyzing them. For example, we'll be talking about me taking a trip for business. Instead of being interested, she'll share a story that's about her. Not sure how to address this. That's annoying. I hate people like that. (laughs) Hate's a strong word, but it's one of the things that really triggers me as well. I think the best thing to do is to lovingly say, hey, listen, I feel as though sometimes you don't really allow me to occupy space. Moving forward, could you allow me to kind of complete and finish a thought? And again, remember when we make requests, because we're not making criticisms because they're not doing something wrong. It's just not something you like. They're allowed to do that. People are allowed to ignore you. People are allowed to cut you off. People are allowed to make it about them. So number one, we're always right-sizing it. This is annoying. Nothing's bad or wrong. It's just annoying and frustrating. So we crank it down. Second step, we, we let them know that we'd prefer that they didn't do that because it's a preference. It's not right or wrong. So we're not allowed to be mad. We can only be, as I said again, right-sized and disappointed. And when it happens, because when we make a request, we're going to have to do it multiple times. Behavior doesn't change over one request. You're going to have to say, hey, you know what? Let me stop you for a second. I want to finish what I'm saying. Or, hey, let me, let me complete my thought. You're going to have to stop them in real time. That's what I do in therapy with my patients. I have to actually practice in session what it is I want them to go home and be doing differently. So for instance, if they said to me, listen, I cut people off, I wanna work on that, I'd be doing that in therapy with them. I'd say, again, I'm gonna stop you. So that's what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to be assertive, point it out, let them know you'd prefer that they didn't do that. And then in the moment, if and when they do that, you're gonna have to say, I'm gonna stop you because it sounds like you're about to make it you know, about a different topic. I wanna just complete what I'm saying. You have to take control. Because again, there's no right or wrong. We can't be mad about it. It's something we would prefer to be different so we can make a loving, calm request and then we have to help them through it. But to the people on the receiving end of that, be aware, like being a healthy relational person in any kind of relationship is about paying attention to how you're impacting others and moving through the world. We have to be more of aware of ourselves because this person who's doing that isn't aware of themselves. We need more self-awareness. It's kind of like I tell people on a date, focus on asking your date a lot of questions. People want to feel seen. People want to feel heard. People want to feel cared for. So I want all parties to be thinking more about that. Um, We're definitely in a culture where we're a little too self-centered. We don't pay attention to how we impact others. We don't monitor and track ourselves. And so things like this happen. And again, you have to have empathy. Maybe your friend who talks a lot about themselves was raised in a family where there was never space for them. So they have to fight for it. Or maybe they were overly centered and they're used to being that person that everyone wants to listen to. I don't know. So again, keep it right-sized, make a request, and then you got to help them through it. All right, y'all, those are our questions. If you got a question for us or a topic you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into, put them on the DMs on our Loveline IG page. 
questions, topics, like we said. Otherwise, head on over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff over there. Got to unlearn and relearn. That's the work. We got to learn more about ourselves, as these earlier questions have kind of brought forward. So we got to listen to stuff that uh, teaches us those necessary skills and perspectives. But more importantly, we got to go out in the world and practice. Because again, quality of your life and mental health is based on the quality of your practice. Anywho, we'll be back, y'all. So stick around. You got more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about grief and loss during the holidays. No right way, no wrong way. It can be grief around not being able to travel and see friends or family. It might be grief around finance or job loss. And we were just talking about holding space for people that are no longer with us, if that's how you want that holiday to go. Others, they kind of want it to be a break from that. No right way, no wrong way. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, here's some tips that are more um, individualized. Uh, for some, this is their first holiday. Others, it's ongoing. And that's why I kept saying, if nothing else, just the awareness that the holidays have an impact on our mental health could be meaningful and transformative for many. And then we're being soft with ourselves, but also soft with others. Soft with others even out in the world. Because you might not be, or you might be triggered, or you know, remember, reminded, but others also might be. And so let's go easy on those around us. We don't know what this is bringing up for people about unemployment, finances, loss, geographics, all of that. So just be softer with everyone. Um, but again, this is how we can decrease some of the anxiety and depression. So remember, it's okay to be sad or lonely. <laughs> I want to throw that out there. It's not wrong or bad around the holidays to express to someone that you're feeling sad or bad. You're not ruining the holiday. <laughs> we don't want to amplify it and catastrophize, but we're also not denying or illegitimizing. We're always trying to live in the middle where we hold it lightly. We let it come and go. We don't grip onto it and say, I'm feeling bad right now and I'm gonna grip onto it and keep thinking about it and talking about it and feel bad all day. We wanna let it go through its natural rhythm. So we kind of loosely hold it. Oh, I'm feeling a little sad. I want to acknowledge that. Someone comes in and says something funny. You're allowed to transition over and to laugh, to laugh at it. You're allowed to let your mind wander and to go have a conversation about something else and be in a good mood for a while and then maybe drop down again. Like we're just not gripping onto these emotional experiences. We're letting them kind of go through their natural energy, you know? And tied with that is grieving the loss that maybe this year or future years will never be the way they were before because of permanent shifts in health or geographics or finances or who's no longer with us. It might be a permanent change and we can grieve the loss of the familiarity that was. Maybe we don't give gifts anymore. Maybe we don't see our family members anymore. Maybe you're spending it again alone for a few years. You're, you're allowed to kind of drop into that. The holidays don't have to be nothing but celebration. I hate when people say, smile, it's Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. It's like, well, no, that's not fair. And that is toxic positivity when you're trying to force someone into a certain experience. But with yourself, remember, we're not gripping onto anything. We're just letting our feelings and thoughts naturally come and go. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not taking that through the whole day. A bad morning doesn't have to be a bad day. A bad moment doesn't have to be a bad day. We're, we're holding on to all that lightly. Now, sticking with this concept that there's no right way to do the holidays, it's okay to say no to things. You don't have to fly home. You don't have to go to that party. You're allowed to leave early. You get to decide again, like I was saying early about, earlier about those that are planning, throwing an event or going together, that they get to choose what kind of experience they want people to have. You get to experience what you want to experience. You might want a quieter day. You might want a lower level socialization. 
You might want an earlier night. You might want time to yourself. That's okay. Just because we did it one way last year, just because people expect it to be something this year, we don't always have to participate in that. So always remind people, you get to have your experience just like everyone gets to have theirs. And their experience isn't more important than yours. They might really want you to come to that late night dinner potluck, and you might say, I'm not really up for that. But hold that lightly because I don't want you to dig your heels into that. Maybe your your mood will change. Maybe your interest will change. It's okay to say, I don't know. I got to check in with myself. It's okay for you to change your mind. Hold it lightly because our moods and our feelings can come and go if we don't grip onto them. And we get to experience a lot of different conflicting feelings at the holidays. I see a lot of people do that, you know, where they dig their heels and they ruminate and keep themselves trapped in a bad feeling or in a mood. And as I'm always trying to advocate for on the show, we don't have to be driven by our mood. We can say, ah, this is what I'm feeling. And I know that that's going to come and go because all emotions come and go. If we hold them loosely within seconds, I think 90 seconds is the standard for a feeling. If we don't ruminate and dig our heels in and fuse with it. And then we're often running with something else. Thinking's that way as well. It's always coming and going. And if we don't grip onto one thought too tightly, we're, we're drifting off to another thought. I can, if I watch my thinking in the course of sitting somewhere, I can notice how I am all over the place. That's how minds work. But we tend to find one thought or one feeling and we latch on and then we carry that with us. We don't have to do that. Same thing for other people. Um, cause again, this is a very, for some, this is a very destabilizing time. And for those that are not relating to this topic, that's awesome. For you, it's very familiar. For you, it's very comfortable. For you, it's very automatic. But for a lot of people, there's been a lot of upheaval this year and continues. And um, that doesn't go away just because holiday time is here. We're not necessarily given a reprieve from our daily struggles as a result. So we're talking about mental health holidays for those that are joining us and how to really just best look out for ourselves and those around us. Because again, we get to determine and decide what kind of experience we want to have. And then we can try to create that. And just the awareness of that is really powerful for some. Uh, All right, we're going to come back and keep talking about grief and loss during the holidays and how to cope and get through. And uh, later we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line, IG page, questions, thoughts, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into. That's the DMs on our love line, IG page. And then past episodes of the show is always at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Otherwise, y'all stick around. We got more to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about the uh, difficult topic of dealing with grief during the holidays. And, you know, my thoughts always go out to people because times are tough and grief and loss is hard enough. And then the holidays for some people can complicate that because it's new to them. They're missing someone. Um, they might be far away from loved ones, financial impacts, all sorts of stuff is happening. So I just want to first normalize that. I, I hope I've been doing that throughout the show, just normalizing that holidays are hard for a lot of reasons and during grief and loss unfortunately, even more intense and um, sad. And that's why, again, we're, we're trying to set realistic expectations on ourselves and other people. And I, I keep advocating for our acknowledgement that we don't know what other people are struggling with or going through. And so we want to offer ourselves and them a little bit of grace, a little leeway. 
be kinder to people when you're out in the world. Um, you don't know what they're struggling with. If you see someone who's being mean or cranky, clearly they're struggling with something. They don't need their day to be made harder. Be soft with them. Maybe smile at them. Maybe just give them a pass within things that are reasonable. You know, Do that with all your family members, with all of your friends. Also, as always, I'm reminding everyone, check in on the people around you that you care about. You don't know what someone's doing or not doing for the holiday. If you think that maybe someone doesn't have anywhere to go, reach out and invite them. Give them an offer. Um, care about those around you. So we're setting real expectations, um, realistic expectations for ourselves and other people. This holiday, the holidays don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be like they were other times or other years. Make it fun, make it casual, make it inclusive. Also, if you're mourning the loss of something heavy, surround yourself with people that you feel good around. You don't have to go to a party that might make you socially anxious. You don't have to go to an event where there's people there that aren't kind or soft. Realistic expectations, kindness on yourself, and we're surrounding ourselves and placing ourselves in environments that are nourishing and healing. I always want that to be the case, but especially when we're grieving and mourning the loss of something or dealing with a, you know, a severe negative event that might've happened this year that gets amplified. Um, so we're letting ourselves feel all of the feelings. Also, there's this other piece I want to say, having just said what I said about, um, not necessarily force, uh, not necessarily forcing yourself to participate in places and spaces with people. There might be the inverse that's more meaningful where maybe it is important that you push yourself because maybe it is a safe, positive environment and you're retreating from that might be something that can further complicate or amplify the grief or loss. I don't want us dwelling and ruminating in the grief and loss or whatever we're struggling with. And if that's what you're going to end up doing by maybe canceling or not participating, then I do want you to go. I don't want us carving out space to just make ourselves feel bad. So that's the caveat that's in there. We do want to be able to distract ourselves. We do want to be around people that can offer some care. We do want to be around things and people that might allow a little bit of joy and pleasure in the midst of everything else that's happening. That's not, you know, that's not to dishonor whatever it is that is making us sad. So you got to check in on yourself. Is it better that I go or better that I don't go? Is it better that I participate or better that I sit it out? And if I don't go, what will I then be doing instead with that time and that space? And this is where you have to do a lot of healthy self-reflection because maybe being around people that love and support you might be better for you. Um, <clears throat> maybe drawing some care and support from others might be better for you. Because when we're depressed, we do a lot of behavioral deactivation, which means we lean away from really participating with others and in the world. And that can be something that can be really, really, really meaningful. And that's why planning ahead, knowing that you do have things to do can be really meaningful so that you're not looking ahead and having just empty time and space as maybe the city slows down or quiets down or your, or your community or your neighborhood or whatever it is. And that's why I'm a fan of putting things on the calendar. It's meaningful just to see that we have things to do. And then also it's meaningful to do them. So think about that. Like, what do you want that time to be about? And again, if you're not going to participate, that's okay. Maybe it's going to be about resting. Maybe it's going to be about binge watching some shows. Maybe it's going to be about reading a book. Maybe you take a trip on your own. Maybe that's when you sleep in. Maybe that's when you do some housework or a home project. But again, I don't want it to be, I'm going to just beat myself up or ruminate or make myself feel bad and more lonely. So that's why you have to say to yourself, what would be better for my mental health? What direction should I most move in? And and be open to maybe processing with others and telling them what it is you need. It's okay to ask for people to check in on you. It's okay to send out a text to people saying, if anyone's doing anything, I'd love an invite. I'd love to be distracted. I'd love to have somewhere to go. 
uh, people around the holidays can be really focused on where they're going, what they're doing, planning, and can be a little self-centered. And it's okay to remind people, hey, I might need a little love, care, attention, or even to have an offer floated. Um, also, there's something powerful about maybe just planning to do things for others, uh, maybe making a time of volunteering. Um, there's so many different programs that are set up around the holidays because it's colder weather, because people that are unhoused or financially struggling also get to participate in the holiday. There are soup kitchens. Um, there are people that are going out to the unhoused and giving them food and showers. So maybe focus on caring for others and using that day and that holiday and that time to be a part of participating in that way out in the world. And then finally, for those that are really struggling mentally, there are support groups. Um, if your sobriety is on the line, there are definitely 12-step programs and other programs that are available. There are grief and loss support groups that are intact for the holidays, um, disordered eating programs and support groups. And that might also be something you need because we want to make sure we're checking in on the other aspects of our mental health that maybe had been very solid or consistent that we're not considering at this time. We want to come out, we want to come through this better off or at least neutral. We don't want to come out of this time worse off. So again, ask for your needs to get met, plan ahead, have some things intact, um, lean on those that you have in your life that you care about. Um, and just remind yourself that like, you can get through this. This is, this is a frustrating time. It's a hard time, but it doesn't have to be something that is any heavier than it needs to be. So we're, we're actively right sizing that. Um, but you get to decide what, how you participate in the holiday, if at all. All right. We're going to go back, talk more, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So, uh, you know, the drill, the DMs, they come from our Loveline IG page. So if you've got a topic for us, put them in there, a question you want us to answer, always anonymous, always confidential, helping others as you're helping yourself. Also past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for Loveline and you can click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Otherwise, y'all stick around because we got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back and we're just talking about holidays. We've got a whole lot of them coming up. Uh, we've just gotten through some, got more on the way. Just want to remind everyone how to work with your thinking and depression because that's a lot of what is tied to this. Um, we kind of talked a lot about the grief and loss, but remember, just make sure you're right-sizing everything. We tend to catastrophize and dramatize. Uh, having the, a less than ideal holiday this year doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be. We want to make sure we're cranking it down. Maybe we're a little disappointed or a little frustrated with where we are, what's going on, but don't let a bad moment be a bad day or a bad day be a bad week. I want us to, again, practice that adaptability and flexibility with our thinking and our moods. So we got to check in on that. Like what, what thinking do you have around this? What story are you telling yourself? What meaning are you making? And again, that story, that thinking, that meaning is usually hyper negative, hyper catastrophizing, and we usually project it off into the future. And none of that's true. I'm trying to remind everyone, we can't believe our brains. We can't believe our thinking. We can't believe the stories we're telling. We have to actually interrogate that. We have to do some reality testing. Yes, this year might be hard. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person or next year will be hard. So you have to keep bringing in that balance. We got to work with that thinking because it's really easy for us to make things feel worse and to complicate things and to aggravate things by making it a commentary on the future or a commentary on who we are as a person. Um, and that's what happens with the depressive components that are around difficult holiday times. And then we also want to be aware that we can really try to create the kind of holiday time we want to have. We don't have to buy in to what is. You have some control over, well, it's coming. 
What do you want to make with that time? What meaning do you want it to have? What boundaries do you need to set? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be around? And if we don't do that successfully this year, plan that for next year, knowing that this year might've been harder or a letdown or a disappointment. And again, we're cranking it down. Okay. Disappointing. We get it. A little bit of a letdown. We don't want to catastrophize. How do we want to then be motivated or inspired to do something differently for next year? How can we set those goals? Do we have to work on maintaining more closer, consistent friendships so that we have more invites and more things to do? Do we want to work on reconnecting with family members so we can spend time with them or the opposite? Do we want to start setting boundaries so that expectation isn't there? Let this holiday season, and I mean that in the most inclusive way, because there's a lot of holidays happening right now and coming up, decide based on how it is this year, how do you want to set the stage so that it can be different next time? Because that we have much control over, the future. Maybe these holidays are fast and furious and they're happening without, without us having a lot of control or input, but we get to decide what we do about that next time. Be motivated and inspired by that because that's, that's sometimes, sometimes what we don't have is a reminder of what's important to us and we can get on track to building that. So if you're really lonely, say I need to work on closer and more consistent friendships. Great. You have an entire year to do that. And like I said, based on whatever the family dynamics are, wanting more space or more closeness, also we can work towards that. Take that control. We're taking control of our thinking around what's going on. We're taking control of the story we're telling and the meaning we're making. And we're also taking control of how it's going to be next year. If we can't also do that this year, because there's still time to say, I'm not going to make it, or I'd like to still come or whatever it might be. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, we're going to talk about how to deal with disordered eating. We're going to talk about how to deal with, you know, maybe problematic relationship with drugs and alcohol and family boundaries. That's all the beautiful topics that are coming but we can start planning for that. So ask yourself, here it is, here it's coming. Who do I want to be during this time? How do I want the environment around me to be? And or next year, what can this year teach me so that I can make those necessary changes? Because that sense of powerlessness, as it's you know, creeped up on us, we have no control, we can take that power back. Um, I think a lot of people don't do that, that forethought, you know, and what is and what we don't want to be tells us what our values are and what's most important to us. So whatever you're feeling saddest about, that's a communication that there's a value in there, that that has meaning somehow. How can we, in knowing that, change our relationship to it? That's the one thing I really love about relationality and socialization is that there's a flexibility, you know, harm and, and, and hurt can happen, but we can repair, others can repair, we can build we can build and change. We don't like our relationship to someone or something. That's something we can work on changing. So the holiday times can be a powerful time of trans transformation versus just powerlessness or helplessness around what's happening. <clears throat> and next year always has the opportunity of being better because we've learned. So decide again what you really ideally hope it would be and how can we get back on that track? Because we got time. So we'll talk more about this um, Keep it front of mind. Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to do some DMs. Always anonymous, always confidential. Helping others as you're helping yourself. Whatever you're wondering about, drop that question in the DMs on our Level Energy page. That can also be a topic, something you want us to hit, drop deeper into. Because uh, sometimes we only you know, drop a comment and then move on, or we don't really sit with it long enough. Or maybe you want us to uh, hit a new perspective. Anyway, we like to do it your way. So let us know what your needs are. And uh, past episodes of the show. 
always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for Love Line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff because we've got to do the unlearning and relearning, and maybe that's what you do at some very holiday time is uh, go back and listen to the podcasted versions of Love Line. Uh, but as I said, over at wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for the show, click on it. It's all there, y'all. Otherwise, stick around. we got more to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Okay, this one's a long one. Whoa, it's a long one. Whoa. All right, hang on for this one. Hey, Dr. Chris, I'm a longtime listener of the show, and you've inspired me to become a sex and relationship therapist, currently applying to master's programs. My boyfriend of a little over a year doesn't really like to flirt in public and isn't very vocal about his love or desire for me. Currently in a long-distance relationship as he moved to L.A. for work this summer. I'm very vocal about how much I miss him, what I miss, and in general, my love for him. For him, on the other hand, it's like pulling teeth to get compliments, flowers. Uh, If we go out and have drinks and I tell him in his ear how much I want to have sex when we get home, he closes off for anniversary. I wrote him a love letter and made him a jar of things I love about him. And he thought the three sentences in the flowers he got me was equivalent I understand that not everyone's going to display their love in the same way. He was parentified as a child and overall did not have love shown consistently to him. He wants to be more vocal about his love, and we've talked at length about this, but even with our talks, nothing really changes. I started having him listen to podcasts about relationships, including yours, and he seems receptive. Here's the question. My question is, how can we build his communication skills and get him to not be so uncomfortable displaying his thoughts? I like the way you're approaching it, because again, I'm finding myself saying this a lot often. He's not wrong and he's not bad. There's no right way or wrong way. And a lot of times we use words like that and that amplifies our feelings. This is just annoying. It's disappointing because again, everything has to be right size on a scale of zero to 10. Anything five and above is reserved for acts of violence and abuse. This is not that. This is like a two or three. You'd prefer him to be different. It's a preference, not right or wrong. So it's like a two or three. It's a disappointing. He's open to it, you said. That's awesome. 
I, I would do a couple things. If he's willing to have you seriously involved, I would say to him, let's talk about what flirtation looks like. Let's talk about ways you can flirt. More importantly, share with him why being flirted with is important. Also call out and positively support the times when he does. Positive reinforcement, don't always be focusing on what's lacking. That's not helpful, that makes people anxious. Focus on when it is positive, when it is working, and when what he does feels good. But again, you gotta help him understand because this is an odd example, but remember, for people that were raised in a family where maybe they never had any chores, they don't scan the room aware or looking for what needs to be done. So they have to have a chore chart made up or they have to discuss what could be needing to be done or they have to be open to maybe being asked. This kind of falls under that. Um, not everyone, again, had love, care, and affection modeled for them. So it's not a natural impulse, it's not something they understand, and it might not even be something they naturally desire. Make it also okay for you to be more expressive. Your partner doesn't necessarily need to change. Again, you'd prefer them to be different, but I wanna also have you weigh in on why do you need so much demonstrative forms of expression? Because that's not right or wrong, it's just you'd want something different. So you have to kind of tamper down your expectations. Your partner will improve maybe a little bit, but they'll never become exactly how you are and they don't need to. So also be confident that you're gonna be the one that's overexpressing. You're gonna be the one that's bringing the romance in. Okay, you have to take that role on. But it's still okay to want to influence or request for your partner to do a little bit of that. So again, let them understand how and why that's important. Talk about ways that that can be done and know that it's a, it's a slow build. This isn't something they're going to just step into overnight. But their willingness is really what I look for. I don't know if you'll ever get what you want. It's very possible he'll never get there. But what I seek for club, for couples so that I know they have a healthy relationship is when there's workability, which means when you go to your partner in general and you have a concern, they're willing to work on it. It's, and again, there's only improvement. We don't resolve these things, only improvement. So look for it and value it when it happens to whatever degree it occurs. I don't know that you're ever going to get fully what you want, as I said earlier, but at least you're with someone who cares enough to try. And that also has to count. But I also want to make sure that you're not just wanting it in your love language. Ask your partner how he expresses care and love, and you have to also be able to see it in the ways he expresses it, because he might be doing it in his way, and you're just wanting it done in your way. We have to be open to both. We need to feel cared for, but we don't always get it the way we want it. And we might have to get it another way other than the way we want, because the need's appropriate, but it doesn't always come in the package we desire. We have to be open to having expressed in other ways. So I hope that was helpful. It's complex, you know? But keep listening. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got some DMs for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit. Loveline. Check out past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Otherwise, y'all, thanks for hanging out. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. As always, thanks for letting me be a part of your night and a part of your journey. Have a great night, everybody. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 